0: Reading Eggs is a multi-award-winning learning program that helps children learn to read. Based on scientific research and designed by literacy experts with 30 years' experience, it's proven to help kids learn to read using interactive reading games, guided reading lessons, fun activities, and over 2,000 digital storybooks. Reading Eggs has already helped over 10 million children worldwide. Programs for ages 2 through 13 use the five essential keys to reading success. The program unlocks all aspects of learning to read for your child. With no credit card requirements, visit readingeggs.com forward slash media for more information. That's readingeggs.com forward slash media. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. And today I've got a techie on the line that we're going to get to in just a minute. And um, I want to give a shout out to my sponsor and that is readingeggs.com. You can find out more information on their website and they also have... a a free subscription where you can give it a try and uh, i think you will really enjoy that well today my guest is a podcaster on the ultimate homeschool uh, podcast network the the, um, homeschooling with technology Uh, you can find more information um, about the podcast on the network and again it's homeschoolingwithtechnology.com and I've got um, Meryl Vandermeer here, and I probably butchered your last name. Uh, so you can <laughs> share with us, Meryl, a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi, well, thanks, Felice. Um, the last name is correctly pronounced Merva, but no one's gonna get that right. So we just kind of go by Vandermeerwe here. I am South African. <laughs> Originally, we have been in America now since 2003 in the United States. And Wonderful. when we moved here, we started homeschooling. So that's how I got into the homeschool world and uh, homeschooled three of mine all the way through. The last one, um, when she got to high school, she'd never been in a regular school. And so she chose to go back to public school. So I have had a little bit of the public school experience here, too. Along the line, I, um, I, I am a programmer by uh, trade and have always um, worked a lot with technology, have a very techie family, um, my parents, my siblings, my husband. So we always homeschool in a very techie fashion. I started teaching at our local co-op and introduced tech there and then eventually started teaching online. And then decided to start podcasting after I'd heard Felice speaking about podcasting and joined her network.
0: So that's how I've got where I am. Uh, it's and it's wonderful having you. And you can find out more information about uh Merrill's classes at Funda Funda Academy and that's F U N D A, F U N D A Academy dot com. And for today's show notes, we're giving you a lot of information. So if you're driving, don't worry about it because you can find them on vintage dot com. Look for episode three seventy and it's techie advice for high schoolers and she's going to share that with us. Also, I'm going to put a link to the interview that I did with Meryl for her one year anniversary. It's episode 53, Why Homeschool Moms Need Technology. And I shared with her uh, some of my um, best tips about technology and homeschooling so you can listen to that. And again, I'll have that um, as well. And one of the things that we ask is that you go to your favorite podcast app, if you get it on your phone or even online, and give us a star rating on each of our show pages on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. You will see all of the different places. I'm looking at Merrill's right now, the Homeschooling with Technologies on Android, email, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, RSS Feed, and, of course, on Apple Podcasts, so um, it's pretty much everywhere that you are as a listener, and it's always so nice because we are portable, and you can take us with you, but it always helps us, too, if you give us a rating. Well, Meryl, you are a techie, and I love that you code, and also, um, as I shared with you on your podcast, one of the things that I really wish that I had done with my kids was require as part of their homeschooling uh, to learn how to code. And, um, you know, that that's something that you offer on your website. So uh, share a little bit about your website as well.
1: Right. Uh, Out of the co-op Classes that I taught, I started moving online. The first class I took online were actually my programming classes because I realized when I was teaching it live, students were going at different rates. And someone mm-hmm. was finished and wanting to move on, someone else hadn't started, and somebody else hadn't paid any attention and didn't know what was going on. So when I took it <laughs> online, yeah, so I couldn't manage more than about eight students alone. I had to have a student helper who knew how to code to help me. And it's It was frustrating and I'm not very patient. Whereas online, if they didn't pay attention, they can rewind the video and rewatch it. They can message us and say, I'm stuck and send us what they've done and we can give feedback and they can go back and do it. So everybody gets individual attention but um, at different times. So that was the first class I took online. It was, uh, I have two programming classes, Scratch and Python. And then after that, I started taking my more mainstream classes, um, history, United, US history and geography and a whole bunch of other classes. And they're all very techie styled because I figured if I'm going to be online and I'm going to be using... Uh, the internet, I can use all the amazing resources out there. And there is a lot. So, you know, if it's history, you can easily share primary sources and discuss it. If it's geography, you can walk around the streets of a country in in Google Street View. You know, you can easily play games that students can interact with each other all over America using technology. So it's just, it's opened up an interesting world. And I even have web-based unit studies for younger students, which are an easier version of my high school classes, but gets them to interact.
0: Wonderful. Well, I'm sure you have a mailing list. So guys go visit the Funda Funda Academy and you can find out more information there. All right. So to get into what we're going to talk about today. So um, my entire month has been on the topic of high school and homeschoolers, because when I started, Meryl, um, there, there were two reasons people put their kids in school. And one was, because they were afraid of doing science. Isn't that funny? Um, Or I guess three, for sports or high school. They were afraid that they would not be able to homeschool high school, and we've both done it uh, successfully, and I always say, and live to talk about it afterwards, <laughs> happily. That we're a little we grayer for the whole thing. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, when our little our kids were little, I would say we made it another day and everybody's safe. And then as we finished homeschooling our high schoolers, we said, you know, we survived that as well, because there's always going to be ups and downs. But, you know, we're in this techie boom, um, if you will, And there are so many things that new graduates need to know. So, if you have a high schooler, you know, what are some things we need to know about um, technology for our kids?
1: Right. I've made a list of eight items just to cover briefly. Don't worry, I won't be here long. The first thing is just the <laughs> basics. Now, most of your kids are going to have this down, but I mention it because every year when I have new students in my online classes, some of them don't know how to do these. Your students should know how to install software on, on their laptops. They should know, not that I require them to do that, but they need to know that because at college, they may well have to do it. They need to know how to take a screenshot They need to know things like how to keep your files and your folders organized. These are just very simple basics, but if the parents have been controlling all the tech and not giving their kids um, ownership over their own computers, they may not actually know it. Related to Mm -hmm. that, secondly, we have troubleshooting when something goes wrong in some people's houses, the parents call the students, <laughs> but there are still right. some houses, where it's the other way around. And where you find that either, you know, perhaps the dad in the family is the one who you know, understands technology. And when there's a problem, the children will just wait for dad to come home and then give it to him. And it's, it's one of those things that whether you're not getting a particular program to work or your computer doesn't want to work, students aren't going to live at home forever. They need to be able to troubleshoot. Simplest way is simply turn the computer off and then on again. You know, that solves a lot of problems.
0: <laughs> it works.
1: <laughs> right. They need to know that. Same with printers. That often solves your printer problems. But you know, when it's not printing, can they unjam a printer jam? Can they, you know, and The easiest thing is if they don't know what to do, just go and Google. There's probably a YouTube video that walks you through it Mm -hmm. and they need to learn just to do that. And so if they come to you and ask something that you know the answer to, don't tell them if it's a techie problem, make them find it for themselves. The third thing is related to now, of course, I'm teaching online. I'm aware of this. Your students do need to understand how to operate in online classes. When they get to college, they will have to work in an online environment. Even if they're not doing online classes, which they quite likely will or could do at some point, even the live classes, you will be submitting the work using the online technology. So the, um, for my classes, I use Canvas. That's the LMS, the Learning Management System. It is actually also one that many high schools and many, many colleges use. I know my youngest daughter, that is what her college is using right now. Blackboard, Moodle are other popular ones. Um, mm-hmm. Students need to understand how to submit something online. They need to understand how to message their teacher online. They need to understand how to find the deadlines and the calendar and make sure that everything is on time because that's not something they want to be struggling to do when they get to college. Now, if they do dual enrollment, they will need to do it. So they might need to know this before they get there. And at least in dual enrollment classes, it's not, you know, four year year college. But still, do your kids a favor, enroll them at some point in an online class. There are many out there. And when I say an online class, you need one that's a live class or one similar to ours, which aren't live, but they have deadlines and they're graded. A lot of homeschoolers do also sell classes on things like Teachable that are self-paced, That's not the same, it's not gonna teach them those skills. You're wanting, as I said, look for the people who are offering the live classes, or ones where your students have to submit work that's getting graded and they're interacting with the teacher. Those are the kinds, it'll be on Edmodo, Schoology, one of the ones I've already mentioned, something like that where they'll they'll really have to interact um, with the online environment. The fourth thing is they need to know how to use all the Google Drive apps. So Google Drive itself and then Google Docs, Google Slides, Google Forms, um, Google Sheets are the main ones. Google Drawings is useful too. I have podcast episodes on all of these. So if you don't know what they are, you can go and find my podcast and listen to them. But when they get to college, they will often be working with other students. And the Google Drive environment allows you to easily collaborate. And because of that, it is used a lot. It also integrates with most of the LMSs very easily. So I know all my own children as I've got to college have used this a lot. So make Mm -hmm. sure your child is aware. It's not hard to use. You can use it in your homeschool. I know earlier I was speaking to Felice and she was mentioning that she used to get her students, her children to submit their work via Google Docs so she could grade it and give it back to them. So it's, it's very useful to learn as a homeschool family anyway. Mm-hmm. Then, um, a little different, they need to be able to, when they're working online, understand what a credible source is They are going to need to do online research. Obviously, they will still be using a library, a real library with books. I'm sure they'll use that at college, but you also do a lot of online research. They need to know about Google Scholar, which is a good place to do research. And they need to just know though, when they're looking and they just doing a normal Google search and they're finding a website, is this credible? Has it just been created by a high school student for a project? They need to be able to Mm -hmm. figure that out. Um, They need to be able to understand how to spot fake news, you know, and fake websites. They need to understand just how to actually determine if something they're reading is legitimate or not. Um, I do have an online class called computer applications, which could be called computer applications and digital literacy because we cover all those things in it. So if you don't feel equipped to teach your child, you take a look at my computer applications class. It's a year long class. They can take it as early as seventh grade or you can use it as high school credit. But I cover a lot of these things. Um, They're going to need to understand how to spot phishing attempts both on their phones, when they get phone calls, they need to understand also if they get it as an email. They need to be able to differentiate between a legitimate email from somebody or someone who's just trying to actually steal their data. The easiest way to teach a child that is if you get a phishing attempt, whether it's a phone call or an email, is share it with them. I do that even in my class, I've actually kept real ones that I have got and I show it and I say, how did I know this was fake? And um, it's actually an assignment. They have to really figure it out. And so I want to make sure that they understand what to look for. Then my seventh point, that was number six. Number seven is they're going to need to know how to do very basic video and graphic creation. So I could have made it two separate ones, but they are sort of intertwined. There is a lot of free software out there to be able to do it. Again, if you go and look at my podcast episodes, I, just, I, I cover both those topics. And when you're in a class situation at college, whatever, you may well have to make a video. I know my children have had to do that, or at least to create some kind of graphic something, a poster or whatever it might be, maybe even just the club that you're part of, you know, you'll be part of it. And someone said, can you make the poster? And they're expecting a digital one. There are so many great free tools like Adobe Spark and Canva that are very intuitive and your children should be able to play around with those and make what they need. When it comes to videos, they just need to be able to use whatever you get it comes free on your laptop if you have something like that. They need to be able to do a simple screencast because maybe they have to create an explainer video um, or maybe they just even want to be showing, you know, a professor saying this is why it's not working and create a little quick video showing them what their problem is and sending it into them. But these are tools that as they were going into the workplace as well, they are going to need to be able to use. And of course, the final one, which I know you want to talk about a little more, is they do need some very basic coding knowledge, even if they're not going to go on to study programming at college. They will need just to be able to understand how our techie world is working because this is going to
0: be part of so many jobs in the future. Very, very good advice. And, you know, we we couched everything with high school, but so many of the things you mentioned are things that you need to know just as a life skill in this day of computer age that we're in. I mean, everybody has had to deal with a computer not working or, or a printer jam and things like that. And so we have to encourage our kids to be able to do that and just like when you were saying your number one point was loading software, you know, the days of just saying accept 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 because I used to ask you all these questions are gone because otherwise you're going to load your computer with a bunch of junk. You actually have to read what it is that's being downloaded or you're going to end up with oh my gosh, I'm not, this is not the browser I normally use because when you install that software you gave it permission Um, to do that. So, so yes, these are, these are life skills. I mean, um, online classes, my husband has is a general contractor, and it's easier for him to take an online class than it is to go give, you know, uh, 14 hours and lose a whole day or two of work, right? Right. So we're going to be doing these things, um, you know, as adults. So part, you know, perfect information. And again, those, will be on the show notes on episode 372 on a vintage Homeschool month And so in this day and age, um, you know, I was reading um, stuff about jobs, which we're going to get to in a minute. But what are the best ways to prepare your high schooler um, for jobs in the tech field? You know, because that is um, where everything is going. Um, my son's doing some engineering classes and one of the classes he has to take is robotics so i know that you know there's all that you know uh, intelligence the artificial intelligence the ai as they call it that's coming out mm-hmm. and so we no longer can say oh my gosh it's like you know 50 years in the future it has uh, you know just blinking our eyes just to give you guys a perspective did you know that Facebook started I actually had to look it up in 2004 it seems like that's the very fabric of you know it's the hub of so many people and it really it hasn't you know been that long ago you know yeah it's been more than than 10 years but still that's not that long ago it's in the it's in the 2000s so you can imagine what's coming in the future. So, you know, Meryl, what are some, some good good advice that we can give our high schoolers to be able to prepare?
1: Well, first of all, they obviously just need to be really familiar with their computers. And a, a start for, of course, many kids is simply to be on their gaming. And so I am not anti-gaming with limits, but it's a good way for your child just to become familiar um, and as long as they don't get addicted, it's it's not a bad thing to do. But they need to move from being content consumers to being content creators. So whether, you know, they start off by playing the games, you want them to eventually get to the point where they can actually program the games and they can create the videos They that they, you know, instead of watching videos, they're actually making them. And instead of, you know, looking at graphics, they can create the graphics. So, you know, many of the skills I talked about earlier in this episode, And um, they they need all those skills, but I would specifically say that you need to learn to code. Now, you might say, well, my child is not gonna be any good at it. You don't really know that. First of all, I've had so many parents tell me that and then discovered their child absolutely loves it and is really good at it because neither parent nor child always understands what coding is. But be that Mm -hmm. as it may, however good they are, coding is the new literacy. It is going to be just the same way you taught your children to read and write and to do math. Now, you may have a child who's no good at math. You never said, well, they're not good at math, so we're not gonna do math. You make sure they know the basics so that when they are buying something or doing whatever transaction, no one is going to be able to cheat them because they actually know how to add and subtract and divide and the basics. It's a skill you would never think of not teaching your child. Maybe they don't need to know calculus. You know, maybe they don't need to know trig, but they do just need to know some basic math. They need to know how to read and how to write. They might not be an author. They may never sell a single piece of their writing, but no one is going to say, oh, it's not important for my child to know how to write and to craft a decent sentence. And it's the same thing that, Being able to code isn't going to be a luxury. It's not going to be an extra. It's not going to be an elective. It is going to be in the next few years becoming mainstream. In fact, many countries in the world, USA is slow at this, are introducing it in as young as kindergarten. So you've got um, United Kingdom, mm. I think it's just brought it in. Um, Estonia has had in for a long time. Many of the actually old Eastern European countries. And there are also some of the Eastern countries. And because of that, America is slowly falling a little bit behind. So don't be behind as a homeschool parent and don't feel like you can't do this. You can learn with your child. And it doesn't mean that they have to turn out to be a programmer one day. It's a basic understanding of how programming works, how coding works, because it just forms the fabric of our society. And so, you know, whether you're taking, you know, enrolled in one of my classes, I have just even a free intro to game programming class that is just four modules and just introduces you to the topic. Uh, You can, you know, get your kids, you can sit with your kids, you can do it together with them, show them that you can do it, and so they can too and then move on to simple, simple programming. Scratch is easy. It's drag and drop. It's a free program. They could teach themselves. You can take my class. You can find other classes. You can find YouTube videos and there are many online f- places where you can just, they can dabble free and learn the skills that they need just to get started. Lego league, as you mentioned, your son doing robotics, um, earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, first Lego league is another great thing to do because you learn to program the robots. So I know um, I right. coached a team and uh, my one son actually participated in a team. So there's another way. It's a very similar language to scratch and that is also drag and drop.
0: Right. So, and and that was what my next question to you is going to ask when, um, you know, what programs should they start with? So I'm going to go find or send me that programming class link that you have on your website That's, and we'll I'll put that it. in the show notes as well, because Um, that's great. And I'm going to get my grandkids to sign up for your, your free uh, game programming class and get that started. They they can do that
1: from third grade. So, you know, third grade with a little bit of help. By fifth grade, they should be able to do it alone.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, I've got a couple of the girls are a little bit older, the boys are still younger. Um, But uh, that that's really great. And they do have um, an ability that you would not, understand. Um, it, I did an interview with a um, an AI uh, group that was trying to get these little robots in the hands of homeschoolers and they've actually closed their, their doors. Um, it, it didn't work. The, the manufacturer of this robot, it's a very little, little one. Like it would fit in my hand and it was mm-hmm. $450. So you could see why it didn't, right. you know, they sent me a sample, um, you know, with the used Kindle so I could tested it out and everything. But my grandson who has some learning difficulties, um, you know, we've been able to, we are you know, big remediators around here and he's been like doing fabulously, but he just took to that whole robot thing. So, you know, it's got these little cubes and you get it to talk. And I mean, I barely had to show him anything right. and he just figured stuff out. So when you think that, oh, you know, your child can't do it, uh, it's amazing what they can do because it's a very high interest. I mean, who doesn't want this little robot to say, you know, hi and your name and mm-hmm. like he figured those out and it's, it's really great. Okay. So everything is moving to technology. I mean, I work from home and you know, our podcasts, everyone's on the networks are worldwide. You know, you were saying that your classes, people can interact worldwide. Um, yeah, you know, we have, I'm going to be interviewing someone from Australia tomorrow at 630 my time um, Eastern so that they can get on the line when it's not in the middle of the night there. So, I mean, we are now a society that is global and we have to be able to be ahead of that. So, What are some of the jobs right now where they're having trouble, I know in some of the areas of programming, they're having trouble filling those industries. So what jobs right now are people, um, you know, scrambling to, to find people who know what they're doing?
1: Right. I did some research and uh, Felice is going to put some of these links in the show notes. Uh, interestingly, apart from tech, the other area that they uh, are predicting is growing and will need more and more people is the medical field. So if you're not going to go into technology, go into medic- go to medical field or do both. But even then, many of the jobs that they were looking at required one to be able to use technology. So it was like a dental right. um, assistant and there was, um, there was just a whole lot of jobs. And even in the pictures, you see them all next to their machines. So you still need to know it. But in general, um, applications, software developers are in high demand. Engineering, they reckon that there'll be in the USA alone, 140,000 new jobs coming between 2016 and 2026. And software engineers—they're predicting that that's going to grow 24% um, in the next couple of years. I've forgotten what the time frame there was. And mm-hmm. uh, so that you can look at it. So really, any of these areas, there is uh, more and more. You can see, like in the one article, it broke down just things like um, cybersecurity. You know, uh, that's one area they're looking for people. There are many different areas within it, and obviously. There are lots and lots of jobs because as everything's becoming more techie, you need somebody to program the devices. So, you know, I know um, we've just moved into a new home and my husband pretty much created a smart home. So everything can be operated with the touch of a button, but somebody had to create the program to make it work. So when he touches the button, the blind does go up or the lights turn off or whatever it is, the door opens. And right. so you know, as you're thinking, you know, if you just sit now wherever you are listening to this, look around you, look at the technology that you are likely to be able to see if you're driving all the technology in your car, you know if you're jogging, just just look around you at the things you're passing by or in the gym and the machines and the t v screen you perhaps can see in front of you or in your home, all the smart devices those all need people to actually be coding them. They also need technicians to be able to help fix them. So any of those areas are just going to constantly be growing. You know, think about going to restaurants now, There are going to be fewer and fewer servers. Um, they'll have to just keep the cooks, that's not become too mechanized yet. But so many of them now have iPads. Where again, you need somebody yeah. to create the program right. so that for each restaurant, so that the people coming in can just click on the iPad, you know, Panera, for instance, and you go in and just order on your iPad. And you need mm-hmm. people to do that. And those jobs are not going away and only growing more and more. And and just a quick plug here, you mentioned the fact you were going to give my class to your granddaughters. And I was thinking, yay, because there is still this concept that boys can code and girls don't. Um, there, I'm not going to go into the reason why, but if you listen to Radio Lab, they did a whole episode on why it is that there are so few women in coding today. And um, very, uh, I'll try and you can put that in the show notes. I'll send you the link. Very, very interesting podcast episode to listen to to explain it.
0: I love that. But, yeah,
1: but girls can program. In fact, I think just by nature, the way. A typical girl is once just, I mean, I'm just saying typically, but I think girls probably have the edge over boys. I know that some of the best programmers I've had through my classes have been girls, even though the majority of students taking my programming classes have been boys. It's just the attention to detail, Interesting. that's more, it's Mm -hmm. more into intuitive for boys. They're saying that both my sons are um, app programmers. So they both have jobs in the computer world. So, And I think they both are doing a great job. So I'm, I'm not saying boys can't be great programmers. That's not true either.
0: I, you know, it, it's so, uh, it's amazing because I deal a lot with technology, with the podcast and network and so forth. And I um, ha- am part of a ministry and my friend who is a perfectionist. She actually created using one of these templates online, and in a, you know, not going to share which one. But anyway, she did this uh, website very easy to do, you know, drag and drop kind of a thing, Meryl. So you really didn't mm-hmm. have to have a whole whole lot of coding. Um, but she she ended up putting a link for a purchase with PayPal, and then decided, why do we have all this code here? I don't know. She kind of clicked on the text file, and that's why it didn't work because she just decided to delete it. And uh, so I went on there with her and I said, where's the rest of the code? You just, you know, and it's only you just control, copy, paste. It's not that, mm-hmm. you know, or if you're you're on a Mac, it's command C and command V. But the the, the point I'm making is, you know, like it, it was it, some of the things you just have to know. You know, I've done so much of this in the past right. that I knew this information. The And, and the other thing, too, is she would get very upset. I never get upset because if you're, and I I think that's the thing, you know, of course kids have different personalities, but that's the thing, even with our children that I see my granddaughters are more tenacious. They're going to try harder. They're going to make sure that they get it, you know, and there's a lot of competition in the family too. So I think that, you know, it is a disservice to, and I'm not a, you know, huge feminist or anything. But I do think, you know, there's pretty much nothing that we can, you know, it has anything to do with the sexes. So, um, you know, it just always irks me when I hear things like that, because I do think that the girls um, will do a great job. And truthfully, if I hadn't had you on this podcast, I wouldn't even have thought about it. So I'm so happy to have had you on. You are a delight. Your website um, is phenomenal, as well as your podcast. So So, guys, go listen to homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. It is phenomenal. They're not super long, but they're so informative. And I just want to thank you again, Meryl, for coming on with me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Loved it. And, guys, I want to thank our sponsor again, readingaches.com. They do have um, a free module that you can try out and uh, see if that's something that you want to uh, look into for your kids. And our sponsors keep our shows coming to you for free, so we really appreciate our sponsors and encourage you to go check them out. Again, you can find the show notes at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. This is Episode 370. And today we talked about techie advice for high schoolers. Take care, God bless, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.